Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. We're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices, uh, gone years, underground. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry to hear yeah, that. That's okay. uh, so that we can stay employed uh, because our bosses would never allow us to bring you our unfiltered, candid views never on stocks in this forum for free. Uh, every week we get together and look for ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey. This week we're looking at the issue dated March 21st, 2008. Happy for, spring, everybody. <laughs> but first I'd like to remind you that this is for entertainment purposes only, and we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have other nasty conflicts of and interest. And we may not be entertaining. Just and bear that may, in mind. Or, alternatively, and it'll be up to you to figure out, and please write in and let us know what you think. Uh, we may know absolutely nothing about the stock that we're talking about. I usually don't. Uh, but, but whatever. Forge even, ahead. Even, even when we know nothing, you know, we like to think that maybe we can add a little bit of value. I don't think um, that. But we want to make sure that you understand that we're expressly not responsible for any action that you might take based on anything you hear well, us Well, plus, say. you know, Vern, we're drinking. I think we've got to disclose uh, that. Right. We have a lot of disclosures. Uh, sure. Would you want to be in the back seat if no. we were driving down a twisting you we know, We may be driving road? down a road right now. Right. So uh, to learn more about us, please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. Original, huh? In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with three, uh, uh, well, I guess two obscure, but, well, three good value ideas, but... Uh, uh, first, I'm going to turn the show over to my uh, fellow deep value diver and part-time scuba instructor, Val Hughes. Thank you, Vern. Like a quarter of that's true, but what have you? Secret identities require a, a cover. That's right. Uh, this week, you know, I just did an Dive audible. I had I had three good ideas this week, and then uh, just out of the blue, one just came in just now. And so, uh, but I'm I'm just going to go and page, you know, page. So one of the original order. three didn't make it. No, one got bumped out. Wow. Yeah. Before I landing, found, well, just I just I took, shoved right out of the plane. I took a closer look at something that kind of snuck up on me. It's down a lot. You know, there's a lot of stocks down a lot, and they're throwing a lot of babies out with bathwater. It's worth taking a look at some of these things, and sometimes in value line you see the chart going along. And then you just see a dot in space, and you're like, wow, what's that? Well, that's the next trade, so they don't actually connect. It's a big gap. I'm talking about WellPoint, actually, which uh, you know, has the, the, the brand, the brand you want in, uh, in healthcare, which is Blue Shield Blue Cross. So I'll get to that. That's page 651. First up is uh, Lawson Products, ticker LAWS, page 570. Uh, what attracts me to this? Well, the stock's down a lot. It's a 25. This is, you know, I didn't check the closing prices today. I had a kind of a rough day. I don't want to get into all of it here. It's kind of personal, personal stuff that uh, I have to work through. But in any case, uh, so I'm not a lot well prepared. The stock's actually know. up from is the it? stock price that's shown there. I know the market was it's up a lot yesterday. 26 and a quarter. Is it? So 26 yeah. and a quarter. Uh, what's loss in products do? These guys are besides it, not growing. Well, <laughs> listen, you're very funny. That's a funny comment. Listen, they're in the uh, they're listed here in the metal fabricating it's, industry, it's and I'm sure they talent. listen. Listen, this is not a comedy, okay? Now they're in the metal fabricating industry in here, but they're what they really are is kind of a little they're teeny. Distributor, dis- aren't you know, they? yeah, they're they're like a Granger but smaller. And they have, according to Value Line, 900,000 expendable maintenance, repair, and replacement products. So when things break in your expensive machine, you need to get it fixed right away. They get a pretty good markup on that, or they should. 
these guys only are pulling in an 8 you know, percent operating margin right now, 6, 7. That's not great. And they're putting up a 10% return on capital. So that's not great either, frankly. But what's great is they have a very consistent history of free cash flow. They're going to do about 320 a share. Uh, well, let's see, 3 bucks a share this year, 320 next year. Obviously, that could be down depending on the depth of the recession. But that's still, you know, 8 times gross, 11 times free. That's a 9% return cash on cash. And they grow 3 4%. That's 15%. You know, none of that sounds great. But the little thing here I like is that the family owns 36% of the stock. You've got Royce with 11. Uh, they have a debt-free balance sheet, basically 5% debt. So they could lever up this return to a mid-teens or even a 20% return you on equity. Some, you got some yield, too. You get a 3% yield while you wait. You know what I like? I, I looked at the stock, too. Did you? The thing that impressed me is that even though there's not a lot of um, growth that you can find in their historical numbers here, the value line shows the stock kind of trades in a narrow band over time and pretty dependably within that, and it's really fallen even below the bottom end of that band, despite the fact that the company is structurally larger than it ever has been. So, Well, I also think, as we've talked about, you have this best-of-the-best best theory where, yeah, there's been a lot of competition, uh, but there's been and there's been a lot of losers and disruption, but there's winners, and Lawson is a winner. Part of their growth comes from an acquisition here and there. They've probably, you know, value line lists a handful. I'm sure they've done, you know, dozens over the years as the industry consolidated. There's still some consolidation left, so at some point, uh, you know, these guys may actually get some scale, or they may sell to someone who thinks they have a better plan to get a scale. Uh, in in a in a bigger deal of some sort, so they've got some value. It's uh, it's a long time wait. You may have to wait a while, but it's kind of a safe one to just put away. Three percent yield. It's uh, an old favorite of some of the value crowd, including Royce here. Um, and you have this potential for a family buyout uh, that's been involved for a long time. So take a look, Lawson L A W S. And then I have one here that, uh, by the way, I don't own that one. I have in the past, Lawson. Uh, Lab Corp of America. I think I've talked about this one before. So you can pull our XML into your uh, uh, Internet Explorer, and you'll you can index this by ticker, so you could look up and find a past show. But Lab Corp is on page 638. My theme on this is simply stable growth at a discount. Uh, now the negatives on this are that there's been uh, you know some uh, uh, you know some near-term choppiness, but. Uh, Actually, the revenues were up last quarter. Uh, the stock is up. That's making Value Line like it a little more. This was a three, I think, last time we talked about it. Estimates have gone up a little bit. And, uh, you know, they're buying back stock. They're putting up a mid-20s percent operating margin. You know, upper teens return on capital. They lever that a little bit, 20% debt to cap, so low 20s percent return on equity. They have a history of share buybacks. And uh, the negatives on this thing, I was about to say, are that, you know, it's, it's not cheap. It's not super cheap. It's not near, a, you know, it's, it, it, the, the chart is pretty stable going up, so, but just like their cash flow. It's trading at 17 times earnings. That's not that cheap, uh, about a 7% premium to the average. But you've got, you know, 12 13% growth predicted. The enterprise value to EBITDA here is 8.5. I just calculate that by market cap of $8.6 billion. You can see this on the left in value line. Uh, they've got uh, what a billion seven in debt, so and some and a little bit of cash. So I divide that by operating income, which 
is before depreciation expense and value line. So I got $10.2 uh, billion in enterprise value, and I'm dividing that by, you know, this 26% or 20 or so times the $4.6 billion in sales. I get $1.2 billion. I, that gives me an 8.5. When I do one over that number, I got a 12% return cash on cash, and I'm going to get 12 or 13% growth. To me, that's a 25% grower. They're playing into health care. What do these guys do? I don't think I said. They do the full range of clinical and anatomical tests to individual physicians, managed care. So when there's tests in labs, you know, they get a call. So this is apt to be a good business, plays into demographics. Uh, the value line says this issue is not an overly enticing long-term selection. I mean, I don't know why not. Looks pretty they rate it too. Well, I know, but that's because it's been going up. So, but... This thing looks great. You've got wind at your back with the demographics of healthcare. It's priced great. Uh, I like this actually quite a lot better than Lawson. But can I say that? Should yeah, I say that? Absolutely. I'm sorry, Lawson, Mr. Lawson. Anyway, LabCorp, LH. And then finally, here's my Audible this week, Vern. Yeah, I was just, you know, point. looking around. Yeah, I was looking around, and I'm like, holy crap. This WellPoint was trading at, uh, what's the high here, $90 earlier this year. And now it's, according to Value Line, at 47 I mean, maybe it's not at 47 right now. This is, I didn't look today. But WellPoint, as you probably know, is a managed care organization that operates uh, the Blue Cross, Blue Shield, you know, brand out there. HMOs, PPOs. I'm looking here for a number of hospitals. I'm not really seeing that. They have 42,000 employees, so that's probably a lot of hospitals with that many guys. You'd think you could do a lot of them. They've got a uh, pretty decent balance sheet, 28% debt to cap, so that's pretty pretty good shape. And they've got $3 billion in cash. Value Line says they're going to grow at 16.5%, and yet this thing, for reasons that, you know, go read the paper, because I didn't look, but right now, this thing is selling at seven times gross cash flow, which to me is, you know, about a 14% cash on cash. They don't need to spend a lot on CapEx. So that's 14%, and I'm going to get 16% cash flow growth. Ladies and gentlemen, that starts to get near 30%. Well, the 30. market must not believe that Value Line's numbers are the right numbers. Well, I don't know. I, there's a lot of speculation I could have here. First of all, it's certainly worthy of doing a little homework. 16.5% growth. Now, maybe, here's what could have happened. I'm just, Value Line does put some information in here. Okay. And here's the issue. Here's what happened, okay? Let me get to this. This is pretty, pretty serious. Uh, <clears throat> their expense ratio was up 120 basis points in the quarter, okay? Wow. <clears throat> Versus last year. Wow. Yeah. That's got to be 10 points of the decline all Well, it itself. very well could be. How many shares out? Uh, there's 540 million shares. So 540 million. Yeah. What, where are you going wow. with this line of questioning? It's a five billion dollar equity correction. Listen, on that I'm one just trying item. to make the Ooh. point. Yeah. That a near term miss on operating margin. So what have you? Maybe they hired someone expensive, didn't get a certain reimbursement. Something changed. You know, there were some Medicare reimbursement changes recently. Maybe something that they were doing and doing well in some surgical, you know, category. Now doesn't make any money. I don't know. But something happened that changed the operating expense margin by 120 basis points, which when it's probably, I mean, what I get mixed up. That's probably the same as a cost of good sold sort of number. So if that number is 50% or 60%, it's down 
Uh, Does the government just, control their profitability? No. Through Medicare or something like well, that? Well, the government controls everything, as we know, Vern, but they do control prices for certain things in the equipment area in the sense that Medicare requires best price. Uh, WellPoint can, you know, they probably have some Medicare, Medicaid business, but the government, at least at this point, does not yet control our health care system. And even if it does, these guys have a brand that will attract people. They'll certainly be one of those firms that the government likes to do business with because they have a friendly brand that people trust. And it's one of the few that's sort of coast-to-coast, you know, national health care brand. And so that has value in and beyond, in in my opinion, uh, sort of the, the sales and earnings here. But something's happened. It's cheap as hell, seven times. That's why I'm audibling it here. It looks to me like they missed a number, uh, although they, uh, Value Line says earnings are going to be up 15% in 08. That kind of a move looks like a change in expected reimbursement environment or something. Well, like they, that. I think they could have just missed a number for some reason. These things are supposed to be stable Down as by hell. half? Well, it's tell a you. $25 billion look, market cap company. You're telling me it went from are you 50 look, to Are you watching the quote dollars? machine, my friend? No, I'm reading the value line. I know, but things are moving in billion-dollar chunks right now. This is not unusual. Well, 25000000000 billion-dollar right. chunks, too, apparently. Come on. Yes. I'm just going to suggest to you, Vern, yeah. that in this environment— Stock market down by listen, half, Listen, I'm just it? trying to make a, a point. In this environment— <laughs> In this environment— Okay, earmuffin, everybody. In this environment— Uh, These moves are not unprecedented in other crazy industries, and I think you have a little baby out with the bathwater here. I mean, certainly look it up. But they've got demographics, wind at their back with health care needs. They've got a great brand, and it looks like they're putting up decent returns with a good return on equity, good return on total capital, and, you know, not a lot of debt. Uh, I don't know what happened, but, you know, the growth rate looks good. This thing looks cheap as hell, and uh, I think they're probably among the most profitable, uh, certainly large healthcare providers in terms of this level of a return on equity. So WellPoint, ticker WLP, I think this could be my favorite this week, Vern. That's page 651, and that's all I have. You sound so, like you're about to fall asleep. I am. I haven't been sleeping well. I'm sorry to hear that. I've got, you know, it's, I'm busy. There's stuff Every going story. on. I got, uh, you know. Do you, do you look what's going on out You have there? some trauma going on. That, well, we all do. Know, we all yeah, do. It's traumatic. Challenges. It's traumatic out there. A lot going on. So can I go now? You can go anytime. I'm going to go now. In terms of going with the show I, or I, leaving it, the room? Which? Vern Value here with the second more, less somnolent section of the show coming up. going to start with a, a review of the sectors. What? Somnolent? Isn't that the right word? I don't know. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you putting everyone to you sleep. You should listen to Wake yourself up out there, last week, my friend. Really? Oh, my God. Well, well, I mean, I couldn't even get through it. I had to fast Let's forward. see. We have aerospace and defense, and Value Line likes a lot of these stocks because they have momentum, and I tried to like them, too. There were some that I considered doing this week, uh, among them AAR, Spirit, which is the uh, fabrication piece of Boeing that got spun out to sh- uh, as an independent company, and Precision cast parts has come back a lot. There's a uh, big exposure to industrial gas turbines there that uh, might offset some of their cyclical risk in commercial aerospace. But uh, it just ultimately couldn't find any real good value there. Uh, Did in metal fabricating. I'll come back to that in a second. Steel as well. There's an interesting name here that I own. Um, Midwest Banks, 
I, I looked for things that I thought were very small town and in states where uh, – uh, the real estate well, they market kept the might good be loans. more stable, and maybe agriculture was a bigger influence. And uh, yeah. actually, it pulled out old national, and the stock's up two bucks from where it was uh, printed uh, value lines printed price. So a lot of very interesting things this week. Uh, I ended up with a healthcare name as well. I'm going to start with the metal fabricating name, though. NN Ball and Roller is what this used to be called. Excuse me. One of us has talked about this before. I don't remember which of us. I think you. Um, the symbol is NNBR. The, the, they named the the name of the company now is just simply NN Inc. Okay, they got uh, rid of the reference to the individual parts of a bearing that hmm. they make. This is a company that makes why would they do that? Highly machined components so that uh, are used to assemble bearings. And this is an interesting space because one of the industrial commodities that's been in short supply during the uh, uh, entire current business cycle has been bearings. It's been a common complaint of uh, capital goods and industrial products manufacturers. So here's a play in that space that is selling at a remarkable value, I think. <laughs> uh, the stock value line shows 899 Actually, it closed yesterday at 842 around nine times an earnings estimate of about $0.95 cents for 2008. It's supposed to be up from 74 after having peaked at 87 in 2005. So, I mean, it looks like at least in a uh, reasonable business environment, they can sustain earnings in the 80 to 90 cent range. Uh, what might they do in a um, cyclical downturn? I, you know, I'm not sure, but the stock's down more than 30% from highs north of $13 in each of the five prior years. Uh, so a, a lot of bad news has been priced into this stock. Uh, financial leverage, maybe a small piece of that, but just 44% debt-to-cap ratio. Uh, value Line's looking for uh, 11 12% earnings and cash flow growth over the intermediate period of time. I, you know, it may not be the sexiest thing in the world, but get a, get a load of this. At 8.5 bucks, it's less than four times gross cash flow. And capital spending is of some, you know, significant level here. Flow? Trailing? Well, trailing, it's about four times trailing. Mm -hmm. um, and on a net cash flow, it's somewhere between 8 and 10, depending mm -hmm. on whether you're looking at trailing or forward. What about so, the cyclical peak theory, Vern? Um, well, the cyclical peak theory uh, takes me back to, um, you know, the lowest earning – I'm sorry, the lowest cash flow number that I have since 1999 is 1999 – not 2001. 2001 was a little bit higher. So looks like about a dollar of cash flow dependable when uh, sales per share were no more than $12 uh, per share, when sales were around well less than $200 million. Well, sales now are north of $400 million on roughly the same share base. So even if, if sales were cut in half to 200, I'd expect my cash flow per share to bottom out higher than it did the last recession, maybe at the dollar and a quarter level, in which case I'm at six times gross cash flow at a trough. So this is, I mean, this stock is very cheap. That sounds cheap. pretty compelling. Um, the uh, enterprise value to EBITDA right now is five and a half times. They apparently have uh, been undergoing some restructuring initiatives, uh, probably has depressed earnings. Remember I mentioned they were down from a peak in 2005. That appears to be behind them. That's why Value Line's looking for earnings growth. So there's... I, it would appear that 
you know, there's probably a good chance the earnings growth forward that they're looking for is actually baked into the numbers with mm-hmm. structural cost savings. The yield um, was 3.6% at $9, obviously approaching 4 with the stock under 8.5. And NBR, I, this is a value, uh, a value guy's uh, – well, a dream, sort of, at least for me. Uh, what? Now, I've got another. This is, NN so is a value guy's so dream? Cheap. Yeah, it's completely, Please, it's completely absorbed Please, a recession your in its valuation, carefully. so it's ready to it may be nothing your dream, but go sir. up. Uh, now, I've got another, uh, another name with a sort of looks structurally misvalued, and this name is Quanax. Quanax? Quanax? What do you think? Quanax? What would you call that? Quanex. Quanex. Symbol is NX. Trades on the New York, apparently. Um, stock, according to value line, 52.26, actually under $52, okay? And this company is a leader in the manufacture of uh, steel bars, aluminum products, and precision formed metal and composite products. Now, I, I'm familiar with these guys on the stock. They, they, it's Do really you know? fairly low-tech. Aren't their raw material prices just skyrocketing? Uh, they are. And uh, this is a problem that they went through back in 2004-2005 time frame as well. It is well. a problem. And uh, operating margins at that time bottomed around 10%. They've been as high as 15 16 earlier in this cycle. They're running 11-12 now. So there's nothing really... Uh, terribly peaky about the operating performance that shows up here. This is a very interesting situation. The company is sort of structurally undervalued for a long period of time and um, has uh, struck a deal. They're basically breaking up the company. They're splitting hmm. off one piece of it, uh, the building products piece, the piece that's a bit toxic with housing starts down a lot and commercial construction looking like it's uh, getting ready to turn down. Uh, fairly sharply, they're going to take their building products business, which a bunch is a bunch of uh, aluminum components that are used in framing windows and doors and things like that. Uh, you have uh, mm. you have some uh, reasonable drivers in terms of what consumers want. They were gaining content. Uh, they have, you can find some interesting stuff on their website. They have a history of outperforming housing starts by a significant margin in both up and down markets. Well, they're taking that business and spin share it in out to yeah. industry. Well, they're they're going to spin on, that right. out to shareholders. And the vehicle products piece of it, which has more value added um, and accounts for the other half of the company, is being uh, taken out at thirty nine twenty a share. So the stock recently around fifty one thirty seven. You can take off the thirty-nine twenty of cash that you're going to get. Uh, actually, you can take off uh, $45 is the number that if you go to the uh, go to the Quantex website, they have a good presentation there that lays out this transaction and, and the terms of it. And Sounds basically, like you've done some extra, I've done extra a little credit extra homework on, on this one. Yes, I did one, a little Bert. extra work on this one. Wow. Uh, so you end up with uh, about $6.40 of uh, – uh, value in the stock at uh, the right at the close yesterday, uh, with about a dollar of earnings power in the uh, building products piece, which is what you end up owning. And uh, value, the uh, company I checked, they recently reported their January quarter results, cut their forecast for this building products business, looking for around eighty million in operating income. Uh, if you rework their numbers in this presentation from the, the presented the transaction in the first place. Uh, gives you an 07 number. You can come up with your own 08 number, which show about uh, $9,900 million in EBITDA down from 130 last year. And at that level, $1.9 billion uh, enterprise value, the value line shows, uh, minus the 1673, which is the value of the piece, 
that's being taken out leaves only 227 million of enterprise value. I've got almost 100 million of EBITDA, less than three times EBITDA for the building products piece. A lot of room for that business to get a lot sicker. Now, mind you, this is a business that has outperformed housing starts in up and down markets. And while housing starts are lousy right now and are down huge from even sick levels of last year at this time, there does look like the market's trying to bottom around a million starts or an annualized rate of a million or so. Well, so good luck, market. You know, um, anyway, NX, a lot of money laying there on the ground. The just very complicated transaction. I encourage you to work through it. I think you'll find that there, the value that I've described is there. And uh, the last one well, that I've that's got. That's interesting. <clears throat> I don't know. Got a few minutes, okay? A couple minutes. Uh, this one I know less about. This is uh, this company. I think is called Cerner. C E R N is the uh, is the symbol. According to Value Line, they design, develop, market, install, and support. Okay, so the service business, uh, clinical and management information systems. Um, mm-hmm. Their main product is health network architecture. Hmm. Uh, focus on the clinical side of healthcare, targeted hospitals and integrated delivery networks, system sales one third, support and consulting two thirds, R and D. If you need support for earnings in any given year, need a little cash flow, little liquidity is a little bit of an issue. R and D seventeen and a half percent of revenue. Um, the mm-hmm. stock recently not forty one sixty seven that Value Line shows, but trading around thirty eight and a half bucks. Uh, off of a high of 66 last year. The stock's 40% off its high. A lot of history here shown by Value Line. Really, uh, no history of doing anything except growing. Probably lost uh, a couple big contracts. And consistently, if you look over time, the uh, their cash flow is consistently well above CapEx. Indeed, their cash flow less CapEx, or what we, what we talk about as free cash flow, is greater than earnings per share in almost every one of these years. And I think one of the issues for the stock might be that actually 2007 is one of those years where it's not the case. If you take the 345 cash flow gross that they show, value line shows under 2007, subtract capital spending at $2, you're left with $1.45, a little under earnings of $1.53. Somebody's come out with something you know, and is taking share. For contrast, it's be uh, in 2003, um, you know, uh, earnings per share were less than sixty cents, and uh, free cash flow per share was over a dollar in two thousand nine, which is year after next. Well, we'll do just this year. Value line's looking for about two fifty or two sixty in free cash flow per share, and only two dollars in earnings per share. So the earnings multiple at twenty two is overstated. Is the point? In fact, if you do an enterprise value calculation here, they have more cash than they have debt. So very secure uh, or very uh, strong balance sheet. I get about $3.2 billion. Uh, even if I only give them credit for a 25% margin on $1.6 billion in revenue, not the 25 dollars on $1.7 that Value Line's looking for in 08, I, I'm still looking for $400 million of EBITDA, and I've got something that's uh, no more than eight times multiple, probably less. Value Line expects cash flow and earnings to grow in the mid-teens, 12 to 17%. Uh, return on capital, low low teens. Um, you know, they don't leverage it much, but I'd say in the current environment, maybe that's okay. Nine times gross cash flow. What's not to like? I'm not sure why this stock well, is down from 66 to 39. Lost a contract. That's probably right, be. yeah. But they probably have a big chunk of recurring revenues well, that also, you can rely on, and they'll get that other business back. It, there's a comment here in Value Line's write-up that sales could be restrained in the first half as a bunch of customers finish upgrading their basic system, and then there would be follow-on business from that as you once you get the, the, new, the upgrade installed, then you can start selling incremental modules. The reason you did the upgrade 
trade so that you could have more value-added applications that you can go out and sell to people. So you're probably looking at an acceleration in free cash flow generation, which is what value lines modeling. It all makes sense internally consistent. Okay. Gotta love it. Cerner, Quanax, NX. I think I'm going to go with NNBR is my favorite idea this week, NNBR. Val? Uh, my favorite this week, uh, WellPoint. WLP envelope, please. Why would I regret that? Hey, good luck with it, though. What What are you talking about? Why would I regret it? We have to stop now. We're out of time. Why would I regret it? Bye.